Welcome to BIV Today, the daily podcast from the newsroom of business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief. Our province has been administering COVID vaccines since mid-December, and roughly 700,000 British Columbians have been giving doses of the Pfizer and the AstraZeneca vaccines. But it's clear that the shipments are exceeding the vaccinations lately, and that the province's ramp-up is not quite keeping up. Starting today, of course, British Columbians aged 55 to 65 could contact their pharmacies to book AstraZeneca vaccine appointments. This is happening while the province suspends the vaccine while more tests are conducted on it. The larger question though involves the supply to meet the demand and how it's being implemented. And this has ostensibly been a public sector effort. Only with pharmacists today have the, has the private sector been involved. And questions have been raised about how the vaccination plan was built and conducted and whether it's ultimately gonna deliver swiftly enough for us not to be clobbered in the third and possibly even fourth waves of the pandemic later this year. My guest is someone who would be able to talk about help that hasn't been sought. He runs a company that runs 16 clinics in BC for international tourism and occupational health purposes. Every year, they administer tens of thousands of flu shots. He has a three-decade history in this field, yet the province hasn't called upon his company yet, even though it has software for a booking system that the province hasn't got, and expertise in a field that is much in demand. Ray Christofferson, President of Travel Medicine and Vaccination Centre, joins me now for a discussion. Good to see you. Yes, nice to see you too, Kirk. Well, you know, we thought it might take two or three years for a vaccine to emerge, but by September, the results were emerging on the research, and we could see that the time was fast approaching to have a vaccination plan. How would you assess the first few stages of that plan, Ray? Well, first of all, I'd say uh, you're 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 bang on. I mean, this is unprecedented, and you know, frankly, nothing short of a miracle that they've been able to develop. Uh, they, being you know, uh, pharmaceutical companies, have been able to uh, develop a, a very effective vaccines in such a short period of time. Normally, this takes five to ten years from inception to commercial uh, rollout of a, of a new vaccine. I mean, the first ones are out in nine months. Yeah, uh, incredible. So that's the really that's the good news story. Even better news story is the, the data that's coming out in particular, but the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines has been amazing. They are really, really effective vaccines. There's real world data that's come out. They are excellent vaccines. Um, AstraZeneca, you know, we can get into that later, but it is also an effective vaccine, but there are some issues as we all know. Um, yeah. So, you know, just to your point though, about the planning, I, I think the federal and provincial governments might've got caught a bit off guard with how quickly these vaccines were developed. I, you know, from what I've read, they were sort of thinking maybe by April, we might have the first vaccines out. They came out in December. So, you know, they were four months ahead of uh, a schedule. So yeah, there's been some scrambling to try to catch up, but frankly, we've had a year now to, to really start yeah. thinking about this. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I don't get. And I think a lot of people don't get it. It's like we knew the day would come. Yeah. Um, so when the day came, um, why did we think the day was coming later? <laughs> you know, and why, why weren't we kind of prepared whenever it came? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, partly in fairness, because the, the day came four months sooner than, than the Canadian government expected. I mean, the, the you know, other governments, the U.S. in particular and the U.K., um, obviously had 
more, you know, in my opinion, had more foresight and they started planning sooner and they got behind their pharmaceutical companies to, to you know, put this out in warp speed as the expression, you know, the, the operation warp speed in the US goes, right? So, yeah, I think the Canadian government, it's been well documented, but the Canadian government kind of got caught off guard with the whole vaccine uh, program. We didn't, you know, we have domestic uh, manufacturing capacity. Um, they didn't tap into it. Um, we've had a year to plan to it. They, they put all their eggs in the CanSino Biologics vaccine basket early on, uh, yeah. you know, pivoted late and now they're scrambling to keep up. And yeah, I think they're just, they're, they're kind of being pulled in all directions, but there's a, seems to be a bit of a lack of a coordinated effort. Of course, that's, partly also uh, exacerbated by the fact we have 10 individual provinces and healthcare is in their jurisdiction. So you've got the federal government overseeing things, but they have to deal with each individual province with different priorities, um, you know, different mindsets. So yeah, you know, but but that's still no excuse. We should be better prepared than we are right now for, for the role yeah. of um, yeah. especially, what, what, you know, go ahead, Kurt. What do, you, what do you see as the main pain points though now in, in the next, few weeks where, where, where is the where where's where's the problem most going to be centered do you think okay so you know again i'm speaking as as, as a non-medical person i i run a travel medicine vaccination clinic for 30 years but i'm not a, a healthcare practitioner but i have a lot of knowledge over that period of time and experience about what works and what doesn't work uh, and of course we're fully private companies so we don't have any direct relationship with uh, the, the health authorities but we collaborate with them uh, from time to time so the way I see it, the pain points are this. Um, Canada, having been sort of dropped the ball initially, so we're talking federally, they have scrambled and done a relatively good job to procure more vaccine. That's great. Okay, we've got some hiccups with the AstraZeneca vaccine, but they're getting millions more doses of the Pfizer and Moderna. I mean, they're talking about getting a couple million doses a week for the next number of weeks, right? So the problem right now is the provincial governments who have jurisdiction over the administration, the rollout and the administration of the vaccination programs are scrambling to try to keep up. Uh, having also been kind of caught off guard with how quickly these vaccines are coming on stream, um, they're scrambling to try to keep up with, you know, providing the immunizations and each province has taken a slightly different approach to it. Of course, they're all being led by public health officials and that's fine and that's the way it should be. But for example, in Ontario, they already a couple of weeks ago co-opted doctors and pharmacists uh, to get involved in helping with the administration of the vaccines. BC, up until today, you pointed out things have changed since you wrote your editorial a couple of days ago, but BC has now co-opted some pharmacists in the lower mainland only to help with the administration of one vaccine, the AstraZeneca. There's a reason why they're only using that one because it's fridge stable. The other ones, they need to be super cool. So there is an issue there. Um, but yeah. yeah, so the pharmacists are now involved, but no doctor's offices have been uh, in, involved in the, the vaccination, even though they're seeing patients all the time. They know their patients best. I know I know that the doctors of BC um, has been lobbying the government to, to get involved. Um, but to date, no doctors are often involved. We run especially vaccination clinics. That's our business. And it's in our name, Travel Medicine and Vaccination Center. We've been doing this for many, many years. We could eat and we do a lot of mass vaccination clinics, like workplace flu clinics every fall. And we've set up other types of mass vaccination. We could easily get involved in this and help out. Uh, perhaps sending our team of nurses out to companies' premises and doing the shots on site. But, you know, to date, we have not been contacted. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're not a mystery here. You know, you're involved in COVID yeah. testing. 
and, yeah, 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 and, uh, we're doing that as well, yes. And, 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 and you know, you're helping the film and television industry keep yeah. going uh, with yeah. testing every day. But why do you think you're not being enlisted here, right? I, I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, again, just speak to the point about BC in particular. Up until today, when pharmacists got involved, all of the vaccinations have been administered through public health uh, run clinics, and they've been hiring thousands of nurses, pharmacists. I, I uh, you know, I, I work in medical clinics. I actually got my shot already, first shot, and I got it from a pharmacist. Yeah, that's fine. It's great, right? Um, but uh, I, I'm not. I think the, the the charitable answer is because the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, which were the only ones available up until just recently, need to be kept super cooled at minus 60, 70, 80 degrees. You know, we don't even have the infrastructure. We don't have the freezers that, that can 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 uh, go down. You know, if if they'd asked us, we would have bought them. Um, you know, maybe with some financial assistance. That's fine. Um, you know, and we could have installed them into our offices, but that we were never talking. Uh, you know, I, I I don't want to harp on this, but I've seen this play out before. About 11, 12 years ago, during there was a mini flu pandemic. Uh, you may recall in two thousand nine, twenty ten. And um, there was a special vaccine that was developed specifically to target that flu strain. And for, we typically get flu vaccine, we buy it privately, and we also get some from, from, the, from the provincial government for, for those who qualify for free ones. We typically get it in early October, late September, early October. We were begging for getting, to get some of that vaccine um, for months, and yet it was being controlled, you know, totally controlled by public health. They set up their own clinics. October, November, December 2009, you could only get a, a shot from a public, uh, public health clinic. And people were lying, especially when a couple of kids died early on during that pandemic, people were desperate to get shots. And there was like, most people probably don't remember, but I do because I was involved in it. Um, people were lining up around the block, clamoring to get shots. And we were begging, oh, said, give us some vaccine. We can go and do it in, in workplaces. We didn't end up getting vaccine until January, and by that time, sort of the the, the rush was over for. Her. But that's an example, and it, I see the same thing playing out again this time. And I, you know, it, I I don't I, I I can't really I have my theories, but I, you know, I'm not going to. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to test one of your theories on this one. I, I'll bet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is this a is this a public sector private sector ideological issue? You know, okay, I, I'm going to state my bias, obviously I'm a private sector provider, um, but I've been at this for 30 years and yeah, there's there's issues that keep repeating themselves um, and it kind of waxes and wanes depending on, you know, which uh, government is in power and their bias towards public or private sector. And of course, healthcare is a big hot button item with the private sector, there's no doubt about that, yeah, right? But in my yeah. opinion, they're not mutually exclusive. They can work together and they should work together. And I think we need to get beyond this public-private, you know, one's better than the other. Why don't we work together? And we we would gladly help out and we have the infrastructure, we can do this. Um, but but there seems to be, in my opinion, a bit of a bias against co-opting the private sector. Of course, they're doing it with the, with the pharmacies. I mean, they're all privately- yeah, well, exactly, I, I wanna know about that because the pharmacies are not- Well, yeah, I, I, I could, I could comment more about that, but I, but I'll, I'll, I'll refrain. I've, I've had discussions with the Ministry of Health over that, and there seems to be a bit of a bias. Frankly, I will, I will say there is a bias, in my opinion, based on some conversations I had towards preferential, uh, preferentially working with pharmacists versus doctors in regards to immunizations. Um, uh, mm -hmm. 
yeah, that's about all I'll say about it, right? But um, I think they need to, especially as more vaccine comes on stream, this is going to get to be a bigger problem, Kirk, as over the next few weeks, when millions more doses are, are coming on stream, they do not have the manpower right now to, to handle all the volume, right? I, I don't see uh, any kind of uh, army emerging here in this province yeah. no. to keep up with the shipments. And, and we all know that right now we're in a race between vaccinations and variants. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and it's a and it's a really it, this this is a bit of a scary time, and I mean I don't like to you know fearmonger by any stretch of imagination, and hey look you know this is incredible what's happened so far, but we need to keep pace with with the with the uh, the vaccine especially, and it's a fight against uh, variants infecting more people versus how many people can be vaccinated because we know already even with the AstraZeneca vaccine millions of doses have been administered in Europe. Um, uh, tens of millions in, in the UK. It's an effective vaccine and need, they need to get out there as fast as possible and get it into as many arms as possible, um, be, you know, so that we can keep ahead of the, the spread of the variants, which frankly are starting to get out of control now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I got on a wait list this morning uh, with, with one, of the uh, one of the pharmacy companies and, yeah. and you know, one day I'll get a call kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. and it was, it was, I guess, the classic pivot uh, when the province decided that it, didn't want to administer this to people under the age of 55, that AstraZeneca suddenly became an opportunity for yeah. those 50, 65 like I am. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, 150 pharmacies in an entire province, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that, that's still pretty paltry. And, and I wonder whether we're going to experience the same kind of lineups around the block that you uh, saw in 2009 and, and 10. I, I, I think I think we are, and I was just hearing some news reports this morning that there's already like uh, I heard of, you know I was on News 11:30 I think um, that are saying that you know uh, one pharmacist they talked to uh, yes last night said they're already fully booked and they hadn't even opened up their booking system. These are people walking into the pharmacy one shot, and I, which is great. Um, that people actually, because I'm surprised, given all the negative press about AstraZeneca's vaccine, that that you know people still want it. And you know, I'm a layperson, but personally, if I hadn't already had my shot, because I'm in this age, same age category, I would, I would, I would get it in an instant. Um, I'm not concerned about the vaccine. I think it's effective, and it's way you know, on balance. The, the the probability of having a negative adverse uh, event from receiving that vaccine is so low compared to the probability. Or, or the probability of getting a severe case of COVID in worst case scenarios dying, you know, you're yeah. way better off to get that vaccine. I've heard friends who are saying, oh, I'm going to wait until, the, uh, you know, I, I'm, my age cohort comes in uh, up and then I'm going to get the Pfizer or Moderna one. I'd say, you know what, get it as soon as you can. Get the AstraZeneca. It's a good vaccine and maybe not quite as good as the other ones, but it's very effective and it's better to get be protected than to put continue to put yourself at risk. So. But yes, I, to your point, I can foresee lineups around the block uh, coming here. And of course, I'm, uh, you know, I feel for the people on the island and in the interior who aren't even going to be able to access this uh, AstraZeneca yeah. vaccine right now. I mean, it, it, it'll change. They'll get more pharmacists. The pharmacists have been lobbying like crazy. They're 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 all on board, which is great and and fantastic. I we need within a space of the probably the next two four two to four weeks maybe you know, into May, we're going to need all hands on deck because there's going to be millions of doses available. I think the, the federal government's late, you know, if you believe them, it's, it's a moving target every day, but the latest they announced last night is they're going to have 
40 to 50 million doses available by June. I mean, do the math on it. They need to administer those that, those type of numbers across the country. They're going to need to be have everyone, including like probably the, phar the pharmacy techs, uh, trained up to give vaccinations at that point. So it'll come because yeah. the best we've done in this province has been 28,000 people in a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the number, you know, they, they cannot. I mean, it's going to take us two years at the current pace to to get everyone vaccinated. So they've got to pick up the pace. And really, at this point, they, they can't hire enough people. You know, governments, you know how it is. They can't move that quickly, right? They're big bureaucracies. They're, um, you can imagine how many meetings are involved uh, in in even just deciding to get pharmacists involved, right? They need to, you know, get on it and start co-opting all getting all hands on deck and planning now rather than waiting until the vaccines are here and then scrambling and and cutting deals uh you know or whatever right but um but that's yeah. but you know that's the way i see it but i've been in this business a long time so i i've seen the good the bad and the ugly yeah you know? well, your, your experience is is entirely important in this one and last area i want to get it get to because i think it, likely uh, the innovation in the vaccination process is is going to probably come out of the private sector somewhere. Yeah. Um, what are what are the the ideas you think that can hasten all of this, keeping us safe, you know, making sure that the people who are administering are are qualified. But what what are the, some of the ideas you think that we need to quickly examine here over this next number of weeks in order sure. to get sure get a jab? I'll talk about the short term and the long term. So the short term is they just need to they need to get creative and actually work with private sector partners like us. Like I have an idea, you know, if the concern about the Pfizer and Moderna is they need to be super cool. Um, and so therefore they want to have them, you know, set freezers at, you know, public health locations, which is what they, they're planning to do. It's only the AstraZeneca vaccine that's going to pharmacies because it's fridge stable, right? So that's what they're, the, that's why they put that one into pharmacies. Well, here's an idea. We do we do mass workplace flu vaccination clinics every fall. We have teams of nurses go out with you know uh, uh, you know vaccine kept on ice and 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 uh, taken out to companies' premises. And we do the, so we make it as convenient as possible for people to get immunized, right? And companies gladly pay for it, right? They're, they're happy because they want to keep their workers healthy and you know not booking off sick for a week or two with flu every fall year winter. So anyway, we could do something similar with uh, with these even the Pfizer Moderna. You would just need to, for example, like just get refrigerated trucks. They transport these these vaccines around on dry ice in in refrigerated trucks. Um, you know, there's lots of you know, there's food, seafood, frozen foods, frozen seafoods, everything. You know, there's tons of things that get transported around by truck. You could set up a mobile flu clinic with the vaccines kept in a super cool uh, frozen uh, state in the back of a refrigerated truck with dry ice, and then just. Pull them out. Obviously, you got to be careful how you handle it, but you know it can be done. It's it's not that difficult. And then we could have a team of nurses going around to companies' offices or setting up mobile pop-up clinics uh, where where the demand is. Um, uh, you know, I, I I could I could do that, no problem, right? I mean, yeah, obviously, it takes a little bit of planning. You can't just do it tomorrow, but but you know, we could do yeah. it quite uh, it, quickly. It, it's maybe not a, a nice analogy, but I mean, a couple of people have said to me, you know, the you almost need the food truck model here. Yeah, you know, that 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 uh, that is actually the analogy I'm I'm talking about is having a mobile, almost like a food truck, but you know, like and then 
you uh, you know, I mean, you could actually have an immunization kind of, but what you would do is you, you'd have a reefer truck and then you set up a pop-up tent or something like that so that the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the staff, and they can actually be working outside. We've, we've, done, it for, uh, we've done it for blood donations. In the yeah, past. yeah, yeah, no, it, 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 it can be done, but it's so far it's not been done, but I hope, I hope someone sees this and, and, you know, you know, not, you know, give me a call or give someone else a call who's been this, but there's, I'm not the only one who does this. There are other companies, health uh, nursing organizations and involved. So, Kirk, maybe just, if I got a second, I just want to look at just one more sort of big, big picture, longer term shout out. I think it's also important to recognize as started right at the beginning of this, um, you know, talking about working with the private sector, the United States and the UK were very smart right out, out of the gate. They, they targeted the big pharma companies, the ones that, you know, tend to get a bad rap sometimes. And, you know, Canada, is, there's a great article in Golden Mail a week or two ago about just, you know, the bias against big pharma in Canada, and particularly with the, in the vaccine industry. Um, but the Americans and the, and the Brits, they got out right away and they, they went to the big pharma company and said, develop as a vaccine as fast as you can. We will underwrite it by giving them the money up front. Even though they didn't know whether those vaccines would work, they said, we'll give you, we'll pre-purchase in the case of the US, I think they pre-purchased 300 million doses of AstraZeneca vaccine and the UK did 100 million. And then they did same similar deals with Pfizer and Moderna. So they underwrote the actual development. They said, move it as fast as you can, warp speed, right? And I mean, this is nothing short of a miracle what's happened here. And it, at the end of the day, it's not government that's going to get us out of this mess. You know, they, you know, to varying degrees, they've kind of, you know, exacerbated some of the situation. But yeah, I get it. This is a once in a hundred year pandemic, right? Um, but but it's actually big pharma and the private sector and incredible human ingenuity um, that's been harnessed here in warp speed. Again, I'm using this, you know, it's a cliche for the term now, but I think it actually applies here and that, that we've developed really effective vaccines within less than a year, un, un, unprecedented. And this is what ultimately is going to get us out of this mess. I think we all acknowledge that's the case. Um, but I think it's time for Canada, federally and provincially, to recognize they need to work with the private sector. They can't do it all themselves. They need yeah. to co-opt the private sector, harness our ingenuity and our resourcefulness and creativity, and frankly, experience and capabilities, proven experience and capabilities to, to get this job done as quickly as possible. Okay, la last point. Um, I mean, you're not speaking in any kind of harsh way. I, I don't hear this kind of really uh, visceral criticism of all of this, you know, but, but people take these criticisms in different ways in in yeah. government and provincial authorities and, and so you know you, you're you're a bit on a limb here today and talking yeah. about all of this um but but uh, conclude give what's your message to them here my 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 message is is a positive one the door is open to talk um i would love to i would happily deploy our nurses to help out in this cause it's this is this is you know in my 30-year career running this business i'm longer in being in business world but 30 years almost 29 and a half of running the vaccination business i would this this to me is almost the cause of my career that you know if we could help out and help get us out of this pandemic sooner we're, we'll step up you know we're not we're you know i i have no animosity towards the government on this at all i just want to say we're here to help um and um you know pick up the phone call it's google my my uh my, my yeah, website online you know how to get a hold of me right and we're here to help yeah. You know, so yeah well i hope uh, someone's watching and yeah. uh, hope, <laughs> you, hope yeah. you get the call
And uh, I want to thank you for talking uh, today. I uh, appreciate the fact that this is not a, an easy circumstance for you to, to be public like this, but uh, these are unusual times and yeah. you, you, you can't, can't be a shrinking violet in this time. So Yeah. Well, and I'm glad yeah. that uh, you, uh, I, I, I responded by email to your editorial the other day and I thought, I thought you were bang on with your editorial. And I think it, it, it's time that people in the business community started to step up and and uh, in a positive way and constructive and positive way to say look you know things are not keeping pace someone needs to you know point this stuff out and also then you know you know the end goal is you know, provide solutions not just criticize but actually offer up solutions and so you're 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 you know people a lot of people read your uh, your magazine I, i'm an avid reader and uh you know if we can get the message out um that's great and the more the more we can sort of uh, proactively and constructively, sort of keep you know pushing the government to uh, to to look at the private sector as a, as part of the solution to the problem. I think that's that's a win win all around. Yeah, well, keep so, keep reading us okay. for goodness' sake. Yeah, we need that. Um, I want to thank you for your time today. It's been great talking to you. Okay, thanks, Kurt. Okay, bye. Ray Christopherson is president of Travel Medicine and Vaccination Center. I'm Kurt LePoint, publisher and editor in chief of Business in Vancouver. Thanks a lot for watching. We'll see you again.